morning everybody. May I introduce myself? My name is Phil and I'm the minister at Heswell Methodist Church in the World Circuit and welcome to our time of worship for the second Sunday of Advent. As is traditional at Heswell we're going to light the second candle today. Light a candle in a darkened place In its flame see hope on every face Christ our Saviour will be born Heralding a brand new dawn So let it burn A reading from Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 to 11. Comfort, O oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings, Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem. Herald of good tidings, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. The second candle represents the prophets, those who heard God's word and proclaimed it. We light a candle for the past and give thanks for the prophets of old who saw more clearly what God was like, whose messages are recorded in the Bible. We light a candle for the present and give thanks that we still find you in the pages of the Bible, that we still find you in our lives. We rejoice 
that the word of God comes to us now in our own situations. Amen. Stepping through each page of history, prophets contemplate this mystery. to sing together now the hymn Spirit of God Unseen as the Wind. chapter beginning at the first verse. In those days John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea proclaiming, Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist. 
and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptised by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptise you with water for repentance. But one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. I always find it strange when recording these videos, as I'm often standing here or sitting in my own home, and it's on my own, and just talking to a camera. I try to imagine that there is a congregation sitting out there in front of me. That led to me thinking about what would happen if I invited you to come here and join me at home. How would I tell you where to live, where I live? I might send you the address comprising the number on the house and the road in which it is. But that might have you ending up in Yorkshire, unless I add that it is in Morton. You might look at a map. Is the map accurate enough to show you the, 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 the way to go? Who buys a road atlas anyway today? You might use the postcode to program the, in, into your sat-nav to find your way here. That might get you close, but there is a fault on the sat-nav. It tells you that the house is on the right-hand side of the grove. Apparently, when the houses were being built, there was a change as to how the houses were going to be numbered. I might give you two numbers instead. 53.39 degrees north, 3.18 degrees east latitude and longitude but you need an ordnance survey map or some sort of electronic gadget and specialist app talking about apps the most accurate app i've found is one that's called what three words this is an app that could be on your mobile phone and this is accurate to within one meter the three words where i'm standing today are posed pose Forced and Lion. This ought to get you to where exactly you need to be because you can put those words into your own phone and it will help you navigate and find your way to where I am. I help out at Caldy Grange Grammar School on some occasions. It means that sometimes I have to travel very early in the morning to be there for ten past eight in the morning. Earlier this week I had to travel whilst there was that heavy fog. 
Even though I knew the way, I struggled to find the way because I was surrounded by that fog. We are in the time of Advent and we're journeying towards Christmas. This is a time for reflection, for thinking about where we are going and what obstacles or difficulties that are getting in the way. And in particular this week in Advent we're thinking of the prophets or the messengers that God sent to his people to show them the way. The people of Israel at that time were enmeshed in a fog, wandering seemingly, seemingly without direction, either going off in the wrong direction or sitting still and safe in their own little comfort zones and going nowhere. One of the readings set for today is that from Isaiah and a picture of the felled trees. Here Isaiah pictures a felled tree putting out new growth. Jesse, father of King David, is the tree's root. Even though foreign attack has destroyed the kings of David's dynasty, the root is still alive and pushing up new shoots. Isaiah celebrates God's promise of a new king who will embody the spirit of the Lord. This will lead to a rule in which two great evils are put right. There will be an end to the injustice that oppresses the poor. Israel was one of many near eastern nations who held this understanding of the king's role. And secondly, there will be an end to the imbalance in nature that means one animal needs to prey on another. This reverses the violent relationships that followed the sin of Adam and Eve as described in Genesis. However, not one of the kings of Israel lived up to the standard of God's justice. And the promise of the renewal of creation is beyond any king's power. This passage is often read as a messianic prophecy of a new creation, a vision of the Spirit's power to recreate. But Isaiah also points out that the axe is ready to chop down the trees that have failed to produce the fruit. Today, we are in a world where there is a surfeit of knowledge and advice, often leaving us in a fog of struggling to know which way to go. And this is where we might turn to and learn from the example of John the Baptist. In that gospel, John the Baptist appears from nowhere. We hear nothing of his origins or family. So who is he? First, he is the Baptist, or more accurately, the baptizer. Matthew's hearers were Christians, and their baptism would have meant a lot to them. Introducing someone as the baptizer makes it clear that his ministry in this way is important. And Matthew backs this up by telling us more about John. He is a man of the wilderness. For the people of Israel, this would be a reminder of their roots. They had lived with God in the wilderness under Moses' leadership for many, many years. And when they crossed the Jordan, they began a new way of life. John announces another new beginning for them. The kingdom of heaven is near. John quotes Isaiah as a further indicator of who he is. Those words from Isaiah chapter 40 introduce a new section of 
Isaiah's work, promising Israel a return from exile in Babylon. God is coming home to Jerusalem. John is announcing the good news. John's clothes give yet another clue. He wears clothes like those of Elijah. And again, when we turn to the prophet Malachi, Malachi foretold that God would send Elijah back before the day of the Lord. And Matthew hints in several places that John and Elijah are linked. So John has a rich identity and a powerful ministry. And so as he invites people to find a new way of life, he asks them to leave their sin behind them. Yet, John knows that his own role is limited. When he is confronted by the Pharisees and the Sadducees from the religious, the social elites, he is uncompromising in his criticism of their overinflated identity claims. They cannot take their status for granted. They must back up their claims with action, bearing good fruit. His critique of their pretensions is reinforced by his own honesty, because he makes no false claims. He knows he is not the Messiah, and with real integrity he makes it clear that someone even more powerful is on the way. How does that affect us today? How does, how does it work in us today? Perhaps and a, a good example of this is that of Matt Redman. Matt Redman is a singer-songwriter and his church in Watford near London was going through a spiritually difficult time. Yet on the surface everything seemed great. There was a tremendous worship band whose musical creativity was loved and used by many people at home abroad. Yet, when Matt Redman was interviewed some time later, he admitted that there was something missing. The church leader then challenged the congregation about what they brought to worship, asking, in effect, God, or had they come simply to listen to the music and to be entertained? Something needed to change. So they decided to unplug the band, to turn off the sound system and worship without any distractions at all. Matt remembers that at first there was a rather embarrassing silence, but soon the congregation found its own voice and they sang unaccompanied. And so in doing that they discovered a new perspective on their worship. They realised that it's all about Jesus and not them or their worship band. Eventually they switched the sound back on and the musicians return. But their worship had a new focus. Matt wrote a song called the heart of worship as a response to what had happened. It tells how they had veered away from what is truly the heart of worship. Here are some of the words. I'll bring you more than a song. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. It. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. It was never intended to be more than a heartfelt personal account for Matt. 
but it has become a much-loved and often-sung anthem. Perhaps because so many of us have made, or perhaps need to make, that same journey. We must never forget that our worship, our church, are about Jesus. And that everything that we sing and say should do and always point to Jesus. As we journey on, surrounded by the conflicting pressures of society, let us think about where we are going and what obstacles there are in the way to sharing in the true message of Christmas. Think of the words of that old chorus, let the lower lights be burning. This is based on the concept of leading lights bringing you safe into a harbour through a safe channel. As you approach the harbour, you see two lights, one higher than the other. If, you, if they are in line together, then you may sail safely into the harbour. If they're not in line, you're not in the safe channel and you need to do something about it. The song reminds us that the lower lights are the followers of Christ. The upper light being Christ. Are the lower lights burning clear and bright, the signpost to Christ, or are they dirty, obscured, or even have somehow got into the wrong place? If they are, then we are like those old kings of Israel. Our challenge at this time is to see beyond the fog of commercialism, the politicisation of so much with which society is surrounding us, but instead to find out how we can be the signposts to the true meaning of Christmas for others. God is with us. Christ, that little baby, bringing God's love and hope into the world. We are the signposts, just like John the Baptist, the man of courage, faith and honesty. Let us follow his example. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God of humility, we are sorry for times when we behave as if life was all about us. When we show off all we do and hide all that we neglect. When we put others down instead of building them up. When we dwell on what others have done wrong with hardly a thought to our own mistakes. Forgive us, we pray. And grant us the will to change, the courage to act after the example of John the Baptist, who lived out his calling with faithfulness and courage, always pointing to your Son, Jesus, in whom he trusted and in whose name we pray. Amen. Loving God, you promise us healing when we turn away from the things that harm us. You promise us a welcome when we leave behind the things that separate us from you. You promise us forgiveness when we find the courage to name our sins. For you are full of love and long to see us whole, living life to the full, generously and compassionately. Amen. Our prayers of intercession. God of hope, where all things seem to be one big tangle of pain and unhappiness, intervene. 
with your saving love. Where people are in conflict or locked in a stalemate, release them from the cycle of war. Where your name is outlawed and your children are forced to hide, break through the darkness and be God revealed to them. Where despair takes centre stage and depression and anxiety sharpen their claws, fill those situations with unexpected peace and joy. God of hope, God with us, God of all time and of every place, may the earth be filled with the knowledge of you, and may your light flow over the world like a covering, bringing protection from darkness, from the evil that frightens and wounds us. Amen. We join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We're going to finish our worship today by perhaps saying or singing a hymn you may not know. It's the hymn, We Wait in Hope for Hope to Come. And I'd like you to listen to and use the particular words that you see on the screen. If you feel you can sing along, please sing along. But if not, just read the words, listen to the music, and let's put our hope in God.
May the blessing of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you, now and forevermore. Amen. May I wish you a blessed Christmas and a happy new year.